Good morning, Central Kentucky. This is Skinny. Welcome to Skinny on the Home, brought to you by the Building Institute of Central Kentucky. We're a live call-in show on air every Thursday at 11. So thanks for joining us. Uh, in the studios with me today is uh, Josh Not-So-Leaky Fawcett, Fawcett <laughs> from <laughs> That's right. our production manager for J&R Construction is uh, in the studios, and we're going to have a special guest that's going to, a little expert in the industry talking about our topic, what we're talking about today. So today we are going to talk about winterization and insulation. So Josh, uh, growing up in Canada, I guess uh, you got some real heavy winters, so you probably did some techniques and things that uh, maybe we don't do here in the States this far south. We're kind of in the middle. We're in that, there's a zone that we're in here in Kentucky with insulation and winterization what they call it the zones of of temperature that uh, we're kind of in that middle piece of that so what kind of anything stood out to you growing up that that you guys did in the house to make it more comfortable or anything that you remember doing every year or anything like that so winterize the house or get it ready for depends on where you live for the most part but a lot of people you know they'll put plastic on their windows to keep you know, your windows from leaking and stuff like that. Were they doing that on the inside or the outside? On the inside. Okay. So it's like a, a film that goes The film, over. and then were they taking mm-hmm. the hair dryer and, and shrinking it? Like shrink wrap. Yeah. You know, the whole building process to insulate a house is different than it is here in Kentucky. So Okay. Um, Hang on. We're going to go to the phone lines. we got Robert in Lexington joining us today. Hey, Robert. Oh, when the city tests the sewage system, we always found that water air is blown back through our toilets and sinks and we end up with a little mess is this normal that's a great question so that are you in you're in lexington yes you're noticing the the sewer trucks around are they city trucks or are they the uh, they're a contractor yeah cleaning out or testing cleaning, inspecting and cleaning out and and you know it's it's happened i think two or three times to us and just, you know, we come home and we know they've been in the neighborhood and there's water all around the toilet. Huh. The best thing to do on that is call call 311, which is the city of Lexington. That, that whole division is, is handled all through 311. And, and give just straight from your telephone, just give just call 311. Tell the, whoever answers the phone what what's going on, and they'll get you to the probably the water, the water and sewer division. Mm-hmm. and talk through that because that you know if if that is the case and that is normal then they sh- i would think they would let you know or, or warn you about that yeah that's that's not a pleasant mess to clean up would come home to well it's it's you know it's typically just water but still you know and i have i'm questioning whether the standpipe is blocked somehow yeah it's a possibility i would i would call call 311 okay. first and then if it's if they say that's not normal from there, then it's it's probably something, in possibly in your line, that's there okay. that's causing that 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 at that point would take you know probably a plumber to come and look at. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Robert. But that's that's not fun. But yeah, not at you all. You wouldn't come home and. I would think the kids were playing in the toilet or something exactly. in my house. <laughs> yeah. Same That's here. It. Or the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, something like that with the city, especially if you're in the city of Lexington, 311 is a great resource. That, that number's been around for a while. And uh, you can call them if you've got any questions about that sewer water 
anything within the city for that. So, Josh, you were talking about plastic on the windows, things you did when you were growing up. What what else was there? The the way we insulate houses is a little bit different. The uh, spray foam has become a huge thing because it takes one step out of the the vapor barrier process, which we in in where I'm from in Saskatchewan, there's you got to have a vapor barrier in between the insulation and the drywall. So basically the whole house on the inside gets wrapped to kind of completely seal it. It's a, a lot drier weather. I know down here we don't do vapor barrier because it's humid and there's moisture that can get trapped in that that in between that insulation and that the plastic. So up there it's dry so there's not a whole lot of humidity. So up there it's 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 insulation and then it's a vapor barrier which completely seals the whole entire house where and then spray foam started becoming big because the the, uh, that takes out the vapor barrier process, and it completely seals all crevices, all cracks, and kind of seals the house to its where it's super airtight. And that's that would be the biggest thing, difference between insulating and how we do it down here. But yeah. if you go across the country, obviously in different different zones, like you were saying, in different zones, there's different humidities. So there's codes for specific states, what you have to abide by by building codes and whatnot. So yeah, we're actually going to have. Uh John Galuzzo with Thermapro Insulation. He's going to join us here later on in the show and talk, get into more about insulation mm-hmm. specifically, you know, and a lot of foam and blowing insulation, fiberglass, cellulose, you know, all those different products and, and the ins and outs of some of those. So let's talk about kind of one, one way to winterize your home. Another way is to, you know, a slumber, summer gets away from us and, you know, we're into that season now. So those chills have started to come in. We've already got the fireplaces going and, mm-hmm. and everything else. So let's talk about caulking, caulking up cracks. What have you seen? Uh, you know, one of the simplest and most effective ways is to, you know, because insulation and, and air, insulating works in two parts. You know, it's a, it's a comfort temperature piece, but it's mm-hmm. also an air infiltration piece, piece mm-hmm. of that. So uh, of all the projects we work on and and things that you've seen, what do you see on? We're uh, talking about winterization and insulation. What are some places that to caulk up that might cause air leaks in the house? Biggest biggest spots would probably be around do- doors and windows. If you have cracking caulk around your windows or doors, that would be a good place to take a look around and around all your baseboards as well. Take a look around if there's a nice a nice breeze you could probably feel a little bit of air flowing through there so you could caulk around your baseboards caulk around all your windows all your doors and also check your attic insulation i would check over time that insulation kind of settles down so if you want to you want to make sure you have the proper insulation in your attic to get that to the right depth those those would be the biggest ones i, w- I would call out yeah that's a uh... Sealing those things, uh, you know, ways to stop cold air infiltration, plug up holes, cracks, open seams around exterior of the house, like you talked about, windows and doors are the big one. Use a high-quality acrylic latex caulk or expanding foam seal it. you got to be a little careful with that. That can get out of hand a little bit. But mm-hmm. if you, you might have some places inside, like in the crawl space, maybe you can use that and stuff. But regular caulk, especially if it's going to be – if you're using it, you don't want to use 100% silicone if you're next to a painted surface and yeah. things like that. Yeah, so. yeah. And um, fill any and all air leaking gaps. Pay particular attention to the areas around the outside, windows, doors, hose, faucets, 
no pun intended, faucet. <laughs> no leaky faucets <laughs> where the siding overlaps the foundation. Oh, that's a good one. That it, a lot of homes built, maybe you have a, a crawl space, a basement, or you have brick that comes up and you got siding. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got vinyl siding, hardy plank siding, something yeah. above that. That joint right there where the brick meets the siding could be mm-hmm. an opportunity for air to get in. Air to get in. Yeah. And one one place that I've found over the years inside the house, you know, just just take your hand and put it on around your windows and doors and see. Or you can take, you know, on a on a windy day, take a take a match and let it go out and let the, the smoke see if there's any see if there's uh, any take breeze a feather, mm-hmm. you know, any of those things. But a lot of times the think of the top of your window or the top of your door inside the door casing and underneath the window if you have if your windows are trimmed out with casing a lot of times that's a place that doesn't get caulked by the painter yeah because it's never seen you just caulk the sides that are mm-hmm. seen on the inside so i found a lot of a lot of homes especially if you take a infrared gun mm-hmm. and point it at you can see air just coming through the top yeah. and bottom of those windows and so check the top of your of your door frames and your windows and that's that's one spot there so I'll let you get into number three there. What's another way of winterizing your home? Installing, uh, installing storm windows. Yeah, there you go. Um, if your home doesn't have insulated glass, then you should install storm windows. Old single-pane windows and are terribly inefficient and can make rooms feel uncomfortable, cold, and drafty. Storm windows mount on the exterior of the existing window and provide an extra layer of protection against cold weather including stone, wind, and rain, snow, wind, and rain, sorry. Come spring, the storm storm units can be removed and stored away until the next winter. So um, that's another another way to winterize your home a little bit to, to add that extra layer of protection on the outside of your windows that can be put on or taken off throughout the, throughout the year. Yeah, and storm windows have come a long way just in, I think about back when I was growing up, it was all just the, the steel, the meal-colored windows, mm-hmm. but now they've got, they've got so many white ones, colors, brown, yeah. different colors of storm windows. So they're a little bit more attractive, especially if you've got an older home and uh, you know you want, a, you want a different look. But you've got an older home, but maybe you, you can't replace the windows. There's some neighborhoods in Lexington that they historically you have to keep the integrity of the, of the old windows that are, down, that are on the house. So fixing those, and they're not the most energy-efficient windows. Yeah. It yeah. may be best to you can install some storm, storm windows. windows on the Usually, outside. those are approved by uh, the historic society and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, hey, uh, stay tuned. We're gonna when we get back from the break. Uh, John Galuzzo with uh, Thermo Pro Insulation is going to be joining us on the line to talk more specifically about insulation and the different types and ways that you can uh, do that around your house. So, thanks for joining us. Welcome back. This is Skinny. This is Jimmy Skinny McKinney. Joining me in the studio again today is Josh No Leak Fawcett. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Did you say your dad, that was his nickname? That, that used to be my dad's nickname when I was growing up. He had some, some of his best friends had some kids, and they called him Leaky Fawcett. <laughs> Uncle Leaky. Uncle Leaky. Uncle Leaky, that's what it was. <laughs> that's great. We're giving you the Skinny on Home Improvement, going through winterization and insulation. And before we went to the break, we were talking about storm windows and installing those. You know, those... You know, old single pane windows. You know, again, we were talking about a lot of the homes we work on here in Lexington, especially that have been built. You know, prior to mm-hmm. the the late '90s. You know, 
the windows are just totally, you know, ineffective, inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> have leaks all, all over the place, especially the ones that had the, the weights in the wall. You know, that whole cavity that has the weights is not insulated not at all. Not at all. Nope. And uh, so you got just air. And if you have an old home like that, again, just check check the casing all the way around and things like that and caulk all those. We're going to go to the phone lines. We have John Galuzzo with Therma Pro Insulation joining us on the show today. And hey, John. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing this morning? Good. Thanks for joining us. No problem at all. It's got a beautiful morning. Yeah. Yeah, the sun is shining and a little bit of warmth out there. So what we're talking about today is some good timing because we've got some cold weather coming here in the next couple of weeks. We're talking about winterization and insulation, and we, we wanted to save insulation until you got on the line here with us to talk about some of that. But tell the folks about ThermaPro, where you're located, how they can get a hold of you, and, and then let's talk about going to just all the different types of insulation, what you've seen out there, what folks are, you know, some of the most, what are some cost-effective things they can do themselves to uh, help cut down on some of those energy costs and drafts and things like that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, you know, ThermaPro Insulation is located in Lexington, Kentucky. Our number is 859-494-7651. And, of course, we've also got a website, which is uh, ThermaProInsulationKY.com. Been doing insulation work for about 24 years, and actually the men that work for our company have worked for us for over 17 years. So... We do every type of insulation there is. We focus on residentials and commercial work also. You've got uh, some family members in the, it's kind of a family yeah, business. Yeah, there, right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, my my nephew works for me and has for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as far as the different options for people with homes, you know, the biggest message I'd like people to realize, to get your house evaluated, it's free. You know, first and foremost. I've been doing this for 24 years. And in 24 years, I've been into three attics that actually didn't need insulation. Most people... Three, three is, is that... So what is that, a 1%, less than 1% of all the homes you've been in over the years? Yeah, it would be... It would be, it would be I, I would say it would be a lot less than 1%, you know, but the thing is, is that most homes have about half what they need, is what we find. And the, the beauty of it is is that if you, re- if you fix that, along with a few other things about your insulation, which has to do with air sealing, you know, air sealing your attic, which stops air infiltration in your, in your home from what's called conditioned space to non-conditioned. That just means space that you heat versus space that you don't heat. And insulate the attic and bring it to the proper R value, which right now you want to have about an R44 insulation in your attic. And that's about 13 inches. The beauty of it is you can save as much as 40% on your heating and cooling bills, which is tremendous. Mm-hmm. You know, the other areas that we see that needs a lot of attention is crawl spaces. A lot of people think that your heat rises, in which it does, but you actually still lose 15% of your heat through your floors. And the, the the thing that's most critical about a floor is the weakest area for what we talked about earlier, which is called air infiltration. You actually get a lot of air from your floor when your heat system is, is operating because it pulls air, you know, turns your house into a vacuum, 
and it pulls air from everywhere it can. And the crawl space is a major area that it pulls cold air into, you know, your warm environment inside your house. So crawl space is definitely the second major issue that should be looked at. Yeah. Hey, and, John, and, I just want to verify, is your, your all's website thermaproky.com, is that it? Yes, that okay. is correct. And is yes. the number that's uh-huh. on is the number that's on there on the website the two two seven eighty six seventy seven? Can folks get a hold of you that way as well? Yes, yes, yep. That's okay. another number they can reach us at. Okay, off our website. Excellent. Yeah, I was I was on your site and talking about how almost ninety percent of the homes in the in the U.S. are under under insulated because you know of course most of the homes during the during the World Wars and and the baby boom. You know that's when most of the homes were built, and uh, the average age of homes in in the United States is over forty years old. So, the standards back then are different from the way they are today. Absolutely, and you know, here's the thing that that I hear most often with people is a lot of people have the impression that why well, have insulation, so I'm okay. You know, because they feel like insulation just one thing that is a, a part of their construction of their home. But what they need to realize is that you can always improve the amount of insulation you have. And like you said, when they built the house, you know, 25, 30, 40 years ago, insulation wasn't as critical because it costs so much less to heat and cool your house. In Kentucky, you know, powered by coal, our energy prices are pretty inexpensive here in the state compared to national. Sure. You know, over the years, I mean, that, that cost of energy goes up for us, even here in Kentucky. So that's a way to compensate, you know, for the differences on the influx on, on utility costs versus your heat and cooling in your house. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then there's other things people can do, you know, on their own. You know, it, it's always good to make sure that all your doors, your exit doors and entry doors in your home, have a good seal around them. I mean, they have, they have kits at Lowe's. You can pick that up at Home Depot. Um, where you can simply do that on your own. And the other thing is, a lot of people have a water heater in the garage. You know, and if you've got it stationed in the garage, it's good to get a thermal wrap for it. They only cost about $17. And you can actually put a blanket of insulation around your your water heaters to make it more efficient. And then also your plumbing pipes that goes to the water heater can be insulated very simply. Yeah, that's you know. a, that's a good point. There are, there are a lot of homes that have water heaters out in unconditioned spaces. You know, whether it's yes. in, in the attic mm-hmm. in the crawl space. I don't know how many houses I've been into, and the hot water heater is in the crawl space. Yeah, and yeah, out absolutely. in the garage, and yeah, most of our garages are not heated and cooled. Your your hot water heater is working extra duty to keep up with uh, demand, and when especially when it's cold. One other thing I'd like to mention about houses that we've experienced over the years is that a lot of people live in homes with rooms that are, like, built over the garage. Those rooms are called bonus rooms. Yeah, the the frog rooms, is that? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, that can be, you know, as much as 10 or 12 degrees difference from the rest of the house. You know, they're a real problem room. But it's a simple fix to fix them. You know, you can make that part of the house the same temperature as rest. Yeah, well, we found you've you've done a couple projects with us with that, and you know when they built the house and they just put in bad insulation because you're you know as you're building a house you're trying to build it as in a, as cost effective as you can sometimes, and they just put you put bad insulation in, and 
when they put it in and install it, it might have been touching the floor above in that finished space, but over time, it just falls. So really, mm-hmm. it's it's insulating the ceiling of your garage and not the floor above, which creates that air pocket that's in there. So how would you how would somebody do that when you have insulation? What's the best way when you have a drywall ceiling in the garage, the the bad insulation? Say that room above there is cold, and you notice the floor is cold, which means probably the insulation has fallen. And that kind of walk us through the steps of of the best way to, you know, am I going to have to clean out all my garage? You know, what? how do you approach those? Well, And I guess each most, house is a little different. So It is, but most of the houses you can actually, they actually have access panels in the behind those walls, in the what's called the knee walls, in those bonus rooms. And nine out of ten times when you access that panel, you access the ceiling of the garage and the back side of the knee wall at the same time. So now, what if you like don't to, have one? Because I know, I know my house. That's something um, I know. I'm eventually have you do for me, but I don't have any access panels, so we're gonna have to cut some in. Yeah, in that case, in that case, we do have to cut a small 16 inch by 16 inch hole in the drywall to get into that side of the, the dormer area of the roof. You must have and some little guys working for you. I do. <laughs> you know, we, we keep them just by hand. You know, we, we tie ropes to them so we can drag them out if they get stuck. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, and then it's a simple process of re-insulate that insulate that area with a higher quality type insulation. And a lot of times we will spray foam the back of those knee walls where they originally put bats up, and that seals everything and gives them a great thermal barrier. Yeah. And sometimes we also use a product that's called radium foil. Because one of the biggest things with the bonus rooms in the summertime is they have what's called radiant heat transfer. And radiant foil is the best way to, to target that. So there's a couple different types of insulation we would use in those type of areas. But all in all, it's a pretty simple fix. And most jobs can be done within one day. At my house, we, we had an um, attic space that wasn't being used, and we had high ceilings in there. And so we decided to finish off that space. We moved the, the furnace over in the knee wall, and John and his team came in, and, and you did that. And I only had – I wasn't lowering the ceiling at all, so I just wanted to stay in that cavity of the rafter that was up there. And I think I had two by six rafters, so I didn't have a lot of space. But we did kind of two parts. You did the radiant foil up there first – and then we spray foamed all of that, encapsulating the entire attic. Because my two, I had two gable vents on the ends, which are now windows. We took those out and made those into windows. But, but that space, since doing that, and we finished the space, that that is the hangout spot now for us. And it's just a great, great space. But it's it's comfortable. It's the same temperature. Sometimes it's even a little bit warmer than the downstairs. Right. But it it stays pretty consistent. We haven't had any issues. So that's that's been a great. Well, what's, ni- what's nice about what you did is, see, you were proactive when you put that together, see? So we were able to get in there before you started the inside construction and, and put the radium foil up and then spray foam on top of that, which is a great system. So that's great. Now, talk, uh, yeah, talk to folks about, work. you know, coming in and the kind of the prep work, because that was all the way up in the attic. So you've got to go through two floors of, of my house that are finished spaces and bedrooms and carpet and Kind of the yeah. You guys, you guys take take a lot of care in in uh, you know foot protection and floor protection if we need to, and kind of go through that process a little bit. 
Yeah, you know, actually, you know, it can it can be as much time involved on prepping a job before you actually start working. Because the one thing we try to do is we want to first off access the closest point to where we're going to be working. So we don't have to come into your door. We can come up through, like, let's say, upstairs, upstairs window. We'll do that, you know. But we protect your window sash, and then we also put poly down on the ground and walkways. And then the guys also wear things on their feet, which are called little footies. But we're real meticulous about trying to make sure the job is, is spotless and clean, not just when we leave, but in the process of doing the work, we try to stay as clean and neat as possible. Yeah, and spray foam is Because nobody wants to be, you know, have their whole house disrupted, you know. John, tell folks again uh, how to get a hold of you. Well, you know, our name is Thurman Pro Insulation, and you can reach us on our website at thermoproky.com. Also, you can call a direct line, which is 859-494-7651. We're located in Lexington, Kentucky, and we've been doing insulation for about 24 years. Yeah. And like I said, you know, some of it's family members that actually work for the company. And we also have guys that have been with us for over 17 years. Excellent. Let's talk about crawl spaces and even basements that are unfinished. We've, you know, a lot of times we think we've got to insulate the entire floor. Tell folks what they can do just around just the rim joist and things in that space and, and encapsulating. What's What have you found out in crawl spaces and basements that, that works well? That Well, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty simple equation. Here's the facts. If you have your heat system, your unit that is in your crawl space with ductwork, okay, the most efficient way to insulate it is to do what's called conditioned crawl space. And what that does is it actually turns the crawl space into conditioned area. And by doing that, you put your heat system in conditioned space, which means it's going to be heated, okay? And it doesn't need to work as, as much. It's not having to fight to take air that's in the 30s and bring it up to, you know, 110, 115 degrees to send it into, into your, into your ductwork. So it don't work as hot. The other thing is, is the heat that's in the crawl space radiates up through your floor and you have great, nice, warm floors. The, the perp, the way that you're doing in, uh, encapsulation and conditioned crawl space is you actually spray foam the perimeter of the of the walls, all the exterior walls, the crawl space, and you also spray what's called the rim joist or the band joist. That's where the house actually sits on the foundation. And then you put a register down there to circulate heat. If you don't have your heat system in the crawl space, then that is definitely not the way you want to do it. The more efficient way to do it would be to, like what you mentioned, you want to make sure we insulate the floor, and we can even do it with a with a bad insulation or with spray foam. Mm-hmm. But the the critical part is is that you spray foam the rim joists around the perimeter because when we talked earlier, we mentioned about how critical it is that you get a lot of air infiltration from your crawl space when your heat system is functioning, and that's where it comes from. It comes from your band around the house where it sits on the foundation. So if you don't have your heat system in the crawl space, the best option for you would be to spray foam all the rim joists and make sure you have an adequate insulation between the floors. 
if your heat system is in the crawl space, then you want to not worry about the floors. The floors don't need to be insulated. You want to insulate the perimeter. So talking about, continuing on about uh, some spray foam insulation, so there's closed cell, open cell. What does all that mean, and where would I use open cell versus closed cell, and, and what's the point? You know, that's a really good question, Jimmy, and, and, and I've found that in, in the market that a lot of people don't realize there's a difference, you know. The main difference between the open cell and closed cell is the closed cell insulation gives you a superior moisture protection. Water, water will not penetrate closed cell spray foam, okay? So anyway you're doing like a basement or crawl spaces, things that you're concerned about, you know, moisture <laughs> penetrating over years, closed cell is what you want to use. Now, open cell does a great job, like for like in the knee walls, like we were talking about inside the attic. It does a good job for roof lines in attics because if you do discover you have a leak in the attic with open cell, you'll be able to determine that and, and find out where it's at. If yeah. you use closed cell spray foam in a roof line, you'll never know it's leaking until the wood is rotted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's some areas you want to be careful of using closed cell. I was going to say on uh, crawl spaces, I'd, we had a, a job uh, years ago that went into, and they they used uh, spray foam on the underside for the entire subfloor, and it was closed cell, and there was a leak in the bathroom, and over the years, and it caused a little bit more damage than if there would have been some open cell there, so... Closed yeah, cell, at, yeah, yeah. Closed cell, you just want to use like on the outside, outside, uh, yeah, perimeter. outside yeah. walls, concrete walls, things like that. You know, when you build a new house, you can do it on the outside walls too. You know, but on ceilings and roofs, you want to always use open cell because open cell water will penetrate through open cell. Yeah, and the other thing I'd like to explain just real quick: people get kind of hung up on the word "our value." Okay, and, and don't get me wrong, our value does have its its importance. But when you talk about spray foam, you need to take our value out of the equation because it's not like any other type of insulation. The difference in spray foam insulation, whether it's an open cell or closed cell, is spray foam is actually in what's called an air barrier, okay? And it doesn't let air penetrate it. Because of that, you have to look at what's called the performance rating. So in other words, like, let's just take a simple equation. If we went ahead and we did one and a half inches of closed cell spray foam on the exterior wall of a house, okay, the R value is only an R10. But that R10 outperforms R13 bats, which is a traditional rollout bat mm -hmm. insulation, mm -hmm. Two to one. So mm -hmm. the performance is actually R26. The mm -hmm. R value is only an R10. But that's not a, 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 an adequate way to measure the performance of the actual insulation. Now, in that and, uh, scenario, you've done, we've done some projects in the past where you, you spray foam maybe an inch of foam, and then we did a netting and did a, a blow-in fiberglass to... Um, is that still a common practice? Yeah, and you know, even on a brand new house, that's by far the best way to insulate it because 
you can spray, you want to spray between an inch, inch and a half of closed cell on the outside walls. And then you can fill the rest of that wall cavity up with a high-density blown fiberglass system. What's nice about it is, is you get an odd value on that wall, about an R27. You get a performance rating on that wall close to an R40. Oh, wow. But the other mm-hmm. thing that's nice is that adding the blowing blanket system, which is a, it's called the bib system, it's called blowing blanket, with the spray foam, it also helps the acoustical effect of the house where it's nice and quiet. Mm. You know, it has a really good acoustical value. Now, closed cell spray foam does not have a good value on, on acoustical use. In that, in that scenario, you'd want to use open cell. Open cell gives you a better what's called an STC rating, which is just sound transfer uh, rating in a wall, than closed cell does. Yeah, and but we do a lot of that for, those, yeah. for bathroom, for soundproofing. We do a lot of just just putting in baths or things like that that are inexpensive. You can do that on in interior walls for bathrooms and uh, a- if you want, between bedrooms and things like that. So, Yes, and, and the other beauty about doing the hybrid system that we're talking about with the closed cell spray foam and the, and, and the blown fiberglass system together, is it makes it cost effective instead of filling the whole yeah. cavity up with foam because in the region that we're at, we're, we're region four, okay? In the region that we're at, it's it's a major overkill. Mm-hmm. So so you'd want, you'd want to fill those. Further up north you get, probably Josh in Canada, you guys were... Filling up entire cavities with spray foam. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, actually, Jimmy, it's not even that. I mean, further north you go, you get about two inches. Is about what most people will do. Two. There's some climates that will use two and a half inches, some three, but that's way up in the Canada area. Even in Michigan, they only put two inches in the exterior walls and three inches in the ceiling. You know, in in Michigan, and then they use open cell spray foam to seal them. They put eight inches in the ceiling in Michigan. You know, in this region here, we try to use about six inches in a ceiling with open cell, and it, it just does an amazing job. We we just actually had a, a gentleman do a, a testimonial for us that's going to air on Channel 18, by the way. And he has to be a builder that we do we do work for him. You know, like we do with you, Jimmy. And he's living in a 4,500-square-foot house that we did that hybrid system that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most houses that's 4,500-square-foot, their bills are like 250 to 500 depending on how their home is insulated, okay? He's telling us that his bill is just a few dollars over $100 a month. Oh, wow. And that that's just, that's really impressive. Is that an all-electric you know, all electric home? Yeah, all-electric. Yep, all electric. He's got two complete systems in the house. He's got one for the downstairs, one for the upstairs. You know, and that's him living in the house. Those are real numbers, you know, and it's just amazing. Yeah. Insulation is the number one thing that you can do to lower your, your heating and cooling and also make your house a lot more comfortable. Yeah. You know, where it's not as drafty and, and cold in different rooms. It all has to do with insulation yeah we had a job recently over here in the in the beaumont area that we you guys did some work for our clients there and he's he was just he's uh, front there was a front room that was the biggest problem and that's where they usually had their 
morning time and morning coffee, and they were always in there with little space heaters and blankets. He said that's the most comfortable room in the house now. So it's it <laughs> yeah. definitely, you know, it's the one thing that is not seen, and a lot of times budget-wise, you know, it's you, you go as, as inexpensive as you can, but a lot of times that's not I – would, I would recommend – don't don't skimp on the price or the quality of your insulation in remodeling a building because the paybacks over over time are and the comfort that you have in the house. So, yeah, Excellent. absolutely. And I remember his job, and he had a beautiful home, you know. And when we when we evaluated the house, you know, we found you know multiple problems mm-hmm. on what was going on. But you know, I believe we got it done, and I think. Two days. Yeah, it was and, done and the a whole couple house. couple of things on there too. We'll, we'll talk about is also your attic access. You know, you basically just have a hole in your in your in your ceiling that air is going through. So creating a a box that's an insulated box to put over top of that that'll that'll help as well. Yes, and you know, and, and also that's a good point for the the homeowners that that's actually something they can do on their own too. Is they they actually sell lid covers for pull-down stairways, and square box holes at, like, Home Depot. Mm-hmm. You know, you can actually go and buy, and they have some other things online, too, you can do that with. But that's the biggest thing. Almost no house that I go in, when you have a pull-down stairway, they don't have no insulation above it. Yeah. And it's like, and no one thinks about it because there's a solid surface there. You might as well you just know, leave your front window open all the time. You might as well leave. Yeah, <laughs> let's open your front window because you're doing the same thing. And and they don't, you know, they think about airflow, but you got to think about thermal. Just like if, if me and you go down to, let's say, Walmart and buy a little, you know, $5 thermos, we can put our coffee in it. It's a solid surface. Well, that coffee might stay warm for maybe 30 minutes or an hour. Or we can go to some other location, buy a higher quality thermos, put our coffee in that, and that that coffee will be hot five or six hours later, Mm. you know, because of the way it's insulated. They're both solid surfaces, but they're not thermically protected the same way. And that's the same thing with them attic hatches. You've got to have a thermal barrier there to keep that heat from going up through that hole. Awesome. John Galuzzo with ThermaPro Insulation. You can reach him at 494-7651. Or go to thermaproky.com. That's T H E R M A P R O K Y.com. Thermaproky.com. John, thanks for joining us today and all that great information. All right. Man, that's that's good in, good information. Yeah, a lot that's, of information there. A lot of great, great tips to start looking at your own homes. Yeah, and things you can do to keep that down. And uh, you can do, do some, some of those things you can do yourself, you know, some of that. When you get into spray foam, you want to hire a professional definitely to do yeah, that if, for if sure. that's the route you're going to go on that. When we come back, we're going to get into more uh, weather stripping and some furnace filters, changing programmable thermostats, um, and electrical outlets. You know, yeah. How many times mm-hmm. you go to plug something in in the wintertime, especially those Christmas lights, and you feel cold and air around cold the Cold breeze coming yeah. up. So we're going to talk and give you some ideas on that stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Skinny. Welcome back. This is Jimmy Skinny McKinney. I've got Josh No Leak Faucet in here with us. We'll, we'll leave the we'll leave the leaky faucet name for your dad. And- yeah, we'll leave that one for him. I'll take the no leak. <laughs> and we were John with uh, Thermapro Insulation was just on the line with us, giving some great 
ideas and thoughts and things on insulation and what to do there on the house. That was, that was yeah, good information. Yeah, a lot of information there. As we wrap up, a few other things. So weather stripping around your door is another way. You know, inspect the weather stripping around all your exterior doors. There's a, a lot of times that gets crushed. And you think about a door, if you had it on there for a long period of time and you open it up, and maybe you've got some leaks coming in, those strips usually can, they're in a channel. Mm-hmm. You can just pop those right out, and you can go to your local box store, home improvement store, and for less than, I think, $15, you can get the pieces yeah. to put All back All the in. pieces to fit back in, yeah. Yeah. Another one is at the bottom, at the threshold, sometimes that shrinks and expands. And, you know, houses move, you know, up to an inch a year, and yeah. you might you may not have any adjustment in that threshold. Or some of you listening may not realize if you if you ever go out your front door your back door garage door if you look down and you see little caps on top of the threshold or you see just flathead screw screws that are there and i've always wondered what those are those are adjustments in that threshold so you can raise and lower that threshold so say if you have a gap down there over time and you need to raise that there's only so much adjustment in those if you have yes. if that's the kind you yeah. have down but they make uh, draft stoppers draft stoppers so at uh, Kohl's Amazon uh, all these places have these for less than $15 some of them are holiday decorated you know draft stoppers you can put in front of your door (laughs) that uh, will keep that draft down there's one that's a double-sided that we have on one of our doors it's nice it just slides right in there and keeps the draft down so that's that's another way that you can keep that down keep drafts from under doors especially in uh, that weather stripping so all right. Another one is it's a good time of year to change your furnace filters. You know, you know your heat pumps are working extra hard, putting the yep. heat in, and and if you haven't changed your filter, you know for a while. I know for me, it's I've got to set myself a reminder. I yeah. always forget. You know, I know me too. I, did it, what filter did I put in? Can I do that every thirty days? Or I need to do it every six months? You know, and so it's now's a good time to change those furnace filters. And also, as a side note, it's now a good time too to check and replace your smoke alarm and carbon monoxide batteries too as you go into uh, the winter season so and programmable thermostats do you have a we don't we don't have a programmable one our house is a little older we have a it's digital but it's not programmable yeah so it's and some of the new ones like the nest and some of the other ones that honeywell's honeywell's got one and you can actually uh link it link it to your wi-fi at your house and Mm -hmm. you can dial up on your phone and Tell it when to turn off, turn down, and yeah, you can program it per, per time of day. So night, you have it setting at a certain setting. During the day, it's at a different setting, and that that's just a good way. And you can monitor that all from your phone, and and then it kind of records it what you're doing. So after a while, it will it will memorize that, and so it will it will just do it for you. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd be I'd, I'd be the one playing a little joke on my wife and kids and turning it, turn up, it and up and down, down during the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love you guys. <laughs> hey, uh, programmable thermostats can be adjusted to fit your lifestyle and they're great. You know, you might say you say you go out of town and you always turn your turn your thermostat down or or off or something like that and you left and forgot. That's mm-hmm. you can log into your phone and and do that. That's one that you can easily put in. And plus the the ones they have now are they're not as big and bulky. No, as, yeah, they're tiny. Yeah, they're little tiny ones. What, what used to be. That's I, I saw one. It's it's almost it's a sensor that's just in the wall. That's the thermostat. So it's not even on there anymore. It's it's somewhere else, and it's on your phone. Hmm. So you don't even have that dial and device on the phone on the wall okay. anymore. So that's pretty neat. Wow. 
The other thing, right before the break, we talked about electrical outlets. We've had some houses, and we've we've done some work there, but if you go to plug in those Christmas lights or things, or plug in your phone to charge, and mm-hmm. you feel cold air, and even summertime, it's you feel breeze, hot air. Yeah. They make uh, they make these gaskets that you know taking the cover of your taking that plate cover off. They're specifically designed, and they're it's a foam backing kind of thing of like weather stripping for your outlet. Is basically what it is, but it's it's in the shape of an outlet. Yep. It's usually in the weather stripping insulation aisle. At Electrical your, aisle, I think, is where they're <clears> at. Yeah, yeah, and they might have them there, but that cold air can blow in there. You think about it, if you have 20, 30 outlets just in one, uh, on that one floor and exterior of the house, that size of a hole, if you add all those together, I mean, it's basically like opening a window. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about in the attic. So an easy, affordable way to seal up drafty outlets is with a foam rubber, rubber outlet gaskets. You just simply remove the cover and, uh, press the, gasket over the electrical outlet then put the cover back and you're done so mm-hmm. doing that you'd be surprised at some of these little things you could do around your house and i mean over time i mean saving 10 20 20 bucks a month adds and, up uh, pretty quick yeah goes pretty quick so hey uh that's about all the time we're gonna have this week again great information winterizing your home if you have any questions comments concerns again you can text us at 225-0162 or log on you can go to our website jnrconstructionjrcsi.com and give us a call make it a great week and uh, bless you and uh, hope you have a great uh, cold week